conversation. Here we are with Jane LaCroix. Welcome to Journey of an Estate Podcast. You are Jane LaCroix, free thinker, parent, um, poet. to be free, yes. Poet. Um, I mean, you were a real poet and performer. That's true. And, true. and kind of in a way, a, a jazz improviser too, writing your poetry. Like I wanted yes. to later do do something with you here at the piano. Sure. And we're going to talk about Valentine's and poetry and love and sex. And maybe we'll make this like a kind of a, you know, a, a relationship. Um, you'll be like a relationship guru. We have to call in like this. Yeah, show. right. As if. As <laughs> if the, show, the shows of yore when people would, you know, Dr. Love. Um, but I think, well, I think, you know, we could just do the show and see what happens. But I'm, um, I mean, that's it. You're in your home now, right? Yes, this is my home. Your home is so beautiful. Thank you. I do take pride in it. I do treat it like my installation piece. And this you is know. this is this is my home with all my see my artifacts and yes. Interesting. Yeah, I am a maximalist, not a minimalist. I appreciate I the true. artifacts. Yeah, I have no interest in having my home look like a hotel with no personal items or tchotchkes i love stuff i mean look at this place let me see does this can i actually use the hey what happened come back i thought that i could turn no you gotta say you got we lost the recordings we have to start over now oh, we're, okay. And I, I can't let me just figure out if I can let me try something. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to actually like make it so that I can actually show you things in my apartment sometimes. Like I guess I could do it like this. You'd have to do it without pressing stop. Right. I didn't yeah. know that was stop. The way it looks on the phone okay. is like it's switching your camera. Do you know what I mean? It's just because yeah. I'm sorry. This is what I mean. I never did this before. I mean, like I did it once with it's you over a year ago. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reintroduce Jane. Look, you are Jane LaCroix. This is Journey. Jane LaCroix. Jane LaCroix, poet extraordinaire, New Yorker, fellow New Yorker. Um, I was born in Manhattan in 1967, and you were born somewhere around that time. And and we're yeah, I was born in Suffern in 1973. 1973, my favorite year, my favorite decade. And we're on Valentine's Day, and you're wearing. What do you think about this Valentine's tie? Look at this, Jane. I'm looking at you, and look at this. See these hearts? Yes. Look, we both have heart ons. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, I, I always tie. say that. I thought you would appreciate this tie. Oh, I do. It's beautiful. You're such a great dresser. I really oh, love all you. your pieces. Um, so on this day, you know, I thought maybe you would read some of your poetry, um, perform some of your poetry, and we'll perform something together here, like a blues or something. Yeah, sure. But the thing of it is, you have a book coming out, and I think that's very important. Did you want to? I do. Yeah, I'm very grateful to Pink Trees Press, yep. who um, um, is publishing a full-length book of poetry. It's over 100 pages of poems. Uh -huh. It's called Spellbook of Ordinary Mistakes. I'll give you a, a peek of the cover, if you can. There it is, Spellbook of Ordinary Mistakes. So I really like the idea, 
And I don't know if this at all relates to your any individual poem, but the idea of mistakes being a good thing yes. or a, a positive thing and the idea of a spell book sort of using, so I mean, there's a lot there. I don't want to talk too much, but did you want to just kind of riff on that or, or talk about the book or? Sure. Or? I mean, mistakes are how we learn. We learn from our mistakes. And before we have successes, we have to make lots of mistakes. Right. Life is a, a timeline of mistakes. We make millions of mistakes every day yeah. because we're always figuring out how to do things. Right. We're, it's, it's like, that's what living is. It's not yeah. repeating what we know and being experts. We're explorers, whether we like yeah. it or not. Yeah, whether we're we explorers. Well, and we're be, figuring it out as we go. I thought it'd be really fun. Like maybe we could do like a mock kind of a mock relationship Colin type show, like parody it for 15 minutes. Dr. LaCroix, the poet, New York City poet, pre-thinking. I don't know. Poet. I have such a broken heart. I don't know if I'm a, a good, uh, <laughs> I mean, I could give it a try. I'm an expert no, I'm, I'm, on having I'm, a broken heart. I'm joking. Because but... I'm an expert on um, falling in love. You are. Do you want to, do you want to um, say a poem about, poem about love or sex or both or? Sure. Um, I am. I brought a lot of uh, poems out. I I, th I have so many love poems. Hashtag well, poet. I mean, so, I, um, I actually think that you. I'm going to say some praise about your work now, if I may. Um, you. I write, love praise. Well, you you write more about love, and this is going to kind of a weird thing to say because we often think, "Look at those glasses. That's amazing." <laughs> You write, you know, we associate poets as being always writing about love, right? Poetry and love are almost synonymous yes. in a way. But you actually write about, po write, I think, better about that subject than many poets. And I, and I you're very prolific, but you're prolific in general. Like, it's amazing to Thank me. Thank you. So how do you, what's your secret for those of us that write slow? I write music slowly. I write... I mean, I'm, I'm able to produce, but I mean, you able to, is it just? Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop thinking of right. like what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing or how productive you should be. Right. Everyone is their own person and they have their own pace. And even in our lives, we get to be many different people and we'll have times of being more prolific or less. All you can do is be yourself. Right. You have to figure yeah. out your own method, your own sources right. of inspiration, your own way to behave. It's just you. You can't, you can listen to other people and be inspired sure. by other people, sure. but you're the only one that's ever going to figure out your way. And it's not going to be Auden's way. And it's right. not going to be Vincent Malay's way. And right. it's not going to be anyone's way except for yours. It's not even going to, it's not even going to be Ann Carson and Mary Oliver's way, right? It's going to be definitely Jim. not. It's, it's going to be, it's not going to be the artist's way. No, it's not going to be the poet's way. There's no, right. it's not going to no be way. Buddha's way. There's not right. one way. That's exactly the thing about the mistakes. You're here right. to figure, you're here to make mistakes, yeah. to feel things, to want to do things over differently. You know, it's like, it's very exciting. But I'm going to compare my glasses to yours. Your glasses are great. I don't know. Thank I got these you. little reading, these re little. Um, so did you want to... Uh, Perform something from your book or something else or whatever you No, I definitely would like to do poetry for my book. Like I said, you know, I have this book coming out in just a couple weeks. I'm going to have a big party for it in April. It is 2024. 
Absolutely. And really, I've been working on the book for 10 years because, wow. you know, like what more than that, really my entire life, because I have some right. poems in the book that I actually wrote in my 20s. Wow. Um, you know, they're very, it's autobiograph um, autobiographical, it's philosophical, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, right. And it was really hard to wrangle to find the story to know what out of my thousands of poems to put in. But Linda Kleinbub, my um, editor, uh, the the founder of Pink Tree Press, mm -hmm. she was amazing. And she like read through like all of these poems of mine and really helped me find the story in it. So what's exciting about the book is like reading it like a book, like it mm -hmm. tells a story. It's really um exciting. So I focused on the book, Spellbook of Ordinary Mistakes from Pink Trees Press, um, and and picked out the love poems, which there yeah. is definitely a lot. And um, the, the book spans from really uh, like childhood through adolescence, through marriage, wow. um, through having kids. So it's like wow. really poetry from all my experiences, wow. you know, being a woman at midlife, the book is a coming of age story and a midlife story. So right. yeah, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a lot, but it I got distilled be, into a nice collection and I'm really excited about it. I can be more excited about those topics and you presenting about you presenting those topics is amazing. Thank you, Mitch. Thank, thanks for the attention. Here we go. Let's see. Um, Let's see what we got. Yeah, so here I like picked apart my book, took out the love poems. <laughs> Let's see. This one's um, easy and obvious. As oh, okay. Love. Love hurts, it smarts, it makes you stupid. It pains, pricks, pounds, pierces, punches, makes you sick, horny, happy, hungry, full. It hurts the worst, it hurts the best. You felt it, you feel it, you came from it, you go to it, you can't live without it. Over and over, it keeps coming. It asks of you, it tells you, you fear it, you know it, you want it, you want more, you are a slave to it. It controls you. If it say it doesn't, you're lying. You do anything for it. Be foolish, be brave. You get it, you lose it, you fall in and out. Your heart is your motor, the organ of love. Because heart makes us live. It's what we use to measure life. It's our ruler and ruler and rule. It takes our breath away. It makes us breathe fast. It makes us, breaks us shakes us, wakes us. And if you try to avoid it, you get ugly and mean. Mm. Give in, give in, give love. You know what I mean. Well, that's it. Sorry, I'm having a hard time remembering where the camera on my phone is. Well, it's um, there, here it is. Yeah. That's, that's like a yeah. pioneer. I liked it even more than pioneer, but Pioneer. Oh yeah, I, Pioneer of Love is in the book. So it's a classic, classic. Jane it's a classic one. I can do that one at request. Um, sure. 
But um, I sort of feel like you should do the poems you love the most that you've done or the ones that mean most to you, maybe, you know, rather than. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a funny thing because things mean different things every day. I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, a, there's not, every day there's different favorite poems. So, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can tell I'm kind of crabby today. No. <laughs> Let's see. No. Here's a sexy one. King of the sea, because I really love the ocean. Mm -hmm. And the moon, you know, I'm a typical poet. King of the sea. He has been roughing me up every day, braiding and unbraiding my hair, making me wet. We do this uh, every summer. He pulls me into him, pushes me around in his huge arms, his salt washes all over me in a way that puckers my skin from his encompassing kisses. We're tight like that. He catches me the way branches hold the moon, wraps me in cool white lace, tumbles me onto the beach, leaves me exhausted from our wrestling, his liquid trickling out of me. Remember? when he propped me on your finger and made me forget the world and time. A mermaid, I floated there buoyant, rising out of your hand. He spun me onto your sex, a transgression. You had to shake me back into my human form, this life of limits and consequence. You asked if I were dreaming or teasing. Dreaming. I was dreaming awake with you. Neptune stuck our hearts with his trident just to get a little of our blood mixed into the sea. Jane, that's, Jane, that's really, um, yeah, that's, that's poetry there. Here's one. Hmm. To dye your heart. Hmm. Die like D Y E. Yeah, that's right. But also D I E because you know. Right. Of course. <laughs> Love is free, but can you afford it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Right? Am this I is right? Is this, right? a, is this a comic poem? Is it okay if I, is laughter? No, I mean, it's always okay to laugh. And that's really the beauty of poetry. Like sometimes they are funny and then other times they're not. They're always changing. They're not one thing. They are, um, they're shapeshifters and they're shapeshifters through time and through people. The reader is the writer with poetry. Right. And the writer is just the conduit. Jane, I'm going to grab my coffee. So stay, so, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to come back in seconds. I have water, my favorite drink. Well, coffee's sort of like water. <laughs> it's a liquid. I mean, and yeah, it has water in it, but it's very different. Because it's opaque and dark. The fair. Oh, yeah, look at that. Farrah Fawcett. 
Um, God, I love Farrah Fawcett. Um, so let's start start over. I'm, I interrupted you. That I no, that's be, fine. You know, if that's what makes it fun, it's a good first line. But, you know. Thank you. So let's start. <laughs> Love is free. Go go on. Yep. To die your heart. Love is free, but can you afford it? Mysterious as an egg. To conceal, to be concealed, heart nestled in its cage, in its nest of organs. A mansion with only four chambers, another fist-sized universe. Delicate motor metaphor. We draw it as clean lines, traditional valentines to avoid the real bloody thing. Mm. Disciplined to disguise it, seduced by limitations and their deception of ease. We are convinced to regulate the flow of love as if love were finite. We dye the heart to participate in irresistible social games. We hide it, obsessed with pairs, one heart to seek another. My heart is too big to hide, no match. You know, you have seen it, tasted it. My heart has grown been broken, open, and a fantastic menagerie parades forth. Creatures that want to roam and lick and chase are punished like monsters, forced into cages, shut up like eggs to be hidden. The possibility to be wild and huge is rejected in this visceral dream that is culture I long for a new Easter. Oh. Jane, I moved to go over to the piano. Do you mind if I... No, I love the piano. In fact, yeah. I have a love poem for the piano. You know you do. I should read that one, right? Um, should we read that with the piano? Well, I like to just improvise something just piano. I mean, you could do that one too, of course, but, but you know. Oh, you mean you want me to just make something up on the spot? Or something prepared or whatever you want, either way, you know. All right. Right? Can you hear that? Sure. Curse. 
Curses are blessings because some things are worse. Curses are blessings because some things are worse. I like the married. The married are poor. Poured out their souls in search of a cure. For desires, insatiable way, and I'll have divorce is for rich people. Marriage, a curse. Curses are blessings, cause some things before dawn in France, next to my husband of 16 years. Wow. In an exquisite boudoir, deer hide bedspread and rose patterned walls, we were visiting his cousins in the midi Pyrenees. I admitted in the dark so far from home that I was growing bored of fucking him in New York. So was grateful to be fucked in a chateau on the French countryside. His exotic status fortification for our bond. Novelty pleases thrill seekers. I respond to his familiar touches. Barely, though encouragingly. Wanting him to work harder. Grateful for his continued interest. I return it. I can't resist him. I can't resist him. Even when I am petulant or mad or try to be mean, I remind him to kiss me. Too often we skip my favorite part. Still seduced by his scent, I take him in. We drift until the rooster crows seven o'clock. Bells clang in the distance. I open the shutters to look upon fields draped in mist. This landscape same as it was a thousand years ago, as was the bridge we crossed to get here. So much travel so far, and I am so busy breathing the sweet air damp with lavender. So far and compared to where we live, the river, fresh tar, exhaust. Breathing, wanting to breathe more. My body working, blood, liver, lungs, responding to the neural drive to breathe. So much coordination just to keep on living. Time passes, things don't get easier, just different. I tell my husband that I don't think I can have a job anymore. Breathing takes so much effort. 
Later, over a bowl of coffee and bread, he explained it was not a chateau. It was a villa. But he didn't want me to miss a night in a chateau. Mm. So he let me sleep in a chateau. And for this, I love him. Well, that was... What do you think? I think it was cool. I mean, honestly, I can't hear you when I talk because it shuts down your microphone. So, oh, you know what I mean? I was trying to play extremely quiet so I can hear you. So maybe. maybe Uh. And and I think it's just the way the technology works. Like when I'm talking, I can't hear you. You know, the microphone only goes one way. Can you hear me when you're talking? I heard every word when we were doing this. I was actually. Oh, okay, cool. So maybe you're. Your uh, well, it's, equipment it's, works different. Well, no, it's an, it's a it's um, you know, it's being an improvising musician in all sorts of contexts, thousands of times for thirty five years, and I'm relating to you when you're doing those poems. Mm-hmm. I'm relating to to you like you're the greatest tenor saxophone soloist. And I literally have to honor that. And so that's kind of that. I'm like, that's it. It's sort of like. Great. So that's. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just saying technically I can't physically hear you when I'm talking. Not like. Right. 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 But like, because the microphone doesn't work. Like, you know. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's an experiment. So, you know. It is. And, and like, you know, I do spend a lot of time improvising. I love that. And it's so Mm. much about listening. So it's just interesting if I'm talking and I can't hear you just because of the um, format of this device between us. Well, that was a great poem about about marriage and and your husband. It's a really, um, you know, that's a. Yeah, now we've been married 26 years. So that that poem was written, what, um, 10 years ago or when was it? Well, Eight? yeah, yep, 10 years ago because it was right. when we were married for 16 years. I almost updated, but I was like, no, I'll tell them the truth. That's so, really, yeah. um, really remarkable. I mean, it's just, I don't even, I think it takes a lot of courage as a person. Um, for what? Well, to put into words those kinds of things. Ah. Uh, Thank you. And I'll tell you why. So from that's my point of view about about that. So I'm I guess I'm really more comfortable. You know why I chose music or instrumental music? I chose to do instrumental music because it felt to me I like the non the abstraction of it. I love the abstraction of it, right? So, right. But it feels to me that to do something totally non-abstract and direct, using language and things, you know, like words like wife and marriage and soft spot and hard spot, and you touch with using sort of familiar, very specific, very almost figurative, figural things is just equally great and just, but it's something, it's a different, you know what I mean? So I know that there's a connection and you know what I mean? It's kind of, I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's interesting to think that you chose it because you don't choose what you like or what resonates with you. You're drawn to it because that's what your gift and your connection is. No one chooses to be a poet. You just are a poet. You're assigned by the gods. Yeah. Um, it is not a choice. Well, then maybe I maybe like I miss... any of the arts. I mean, you. Well, I, I guess. Like, I mean, I guess you're saying instrumental music chose me, and maybe you're right. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a. When I was a bit toddler, I was crawling, pulling on these records that, you know, and wanting to listen over and over. So that's clearly I was drawn, <laughs> drawn to music if you don't, you know. Right. So you could say that it chose me. But there were cho there were choices to be made because I, I could have gone, you know, with music, I could have, you know, done opera, for example, or done singer songwriter type things in which would be more, you know, use language in a more direct way. I consciously, uh, you know, did not do that. I didn't want to do that. Right. So that's, you know, that's a whole, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with my, my own music, you know, one time one of my kids said to me, why don't you try to make some music that people want to listen to? Huh. And it was just so funny. And it's like, yeah, because I make music because it's coming through me, not because I want people to listen to. I mean, it's great if I, if it gets attention of course i love that you know i love attention you love like recognition for your efforts sure but um absolutely but that's it's like it's not a choice i'm not right or at least for me it's not like the type of artist that i am is yeah. is a i can only do what's coming to me i can't make myself do something else no. you know and before i don't know if it was recorded or not you were asking me about like being prolific you know, about yeah. like, and, and I was telling you how um, it's not like a choice. Well, I don't have like a secret thing that no, makes no, no, prolific. Yeah. yeah. Every person has their own, their own rhythm, motor, their own rhythm, their own music. And it's like, it's all great. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just us figuring out who we are and being ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I could say I feel about instrumental music. It's it's interesting, right? So it is kind of a feeling, you know. Yeah. And it's a love, I guess. A feeling and a love, you know. Yeah, we're drawn to these things. We're drawn you know, to you're not forced to do it. No, no, right. Yeah, you're drawn to word, words. And so that's, you know, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's um, yeah. Yeah, I really... Uh... Yeah, I love words. I love language. I wake up and I write. Yeah. I write falling asleep. Hmm. I teach people to write. Right. Yeah. I serve the poetry gods. Poetry gods, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you want to hear my piano love poem? Absolutely. Yeah. Am I supposed to play during it or just sit here in the chair? If you want. If I want. Yeah. Um, Oh. Dear Piano, <laughs> I love how big and beautiful you are. Hmm. I love your sound. You are strings. You are percussion. So heavy you can't be carried around. You have a crazy shape that gets you special treatment at Piano. 
my favorite thing about you is that you create the impulse to share. Usually, wherever you are, you belong to everyone. You invite everyone to play your famous black and white keys and step on your brass pedals. No one can resist touching you as they pass by. You make us all want to sing. You fill any room you're in. Out of a room, off stage, you make any landscape look surreal. I used to curl up under you at my grandma's house while she played you, and your voice made my whole body hum. I filled with your acoustic electricity. You are huge, but you can enter me, be through me, transport me. I used to curl up under your baby grand self when no one was playing you and feel your hollow weight like a wooden cloud moving above me on those delicate, curvy legs. I was sure I heard you breathing. Your smooth brass pedals cool to my hand. When I pushed them, you made a swallowing sound. Deep inside you, deep inside me, even though it is impossible, I know we are in love. Even when you're upright, even spinette at school, you shake my whole body and give me goosebumps. Piano. I want to learn how to do you right. You make me feel so good. Thank you. Piano. It's always different every time we do that. It's great, you know. We know. That. Yeah. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's that's improvisation. That's how it goes. Here's another another love poem about an instrument. Huh. And it's about um, a lesser known instrument. Okay, the viola. Much lesser known than that. Oh. Okay. The theremin. Jane, did you see that movie about theremin? There's a really wonderful documentary. I think it's called. I did. I know there's a few. Oh, there's more than one. Yeah. So I, I had, I did see one about mm -hmm. his love affair with Clara Rockport. His, yeah. 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 I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing yeah. for the audience because a lot of people don't know what a theremin is. Yeah. It is the instrument that was used a lot for sci-fi soundtracks in the '60s and stuff with that sound like like on Star Trek and stuff. Oh, yeah. And what's unique about the instrument is you play it without touching. Mm -hmm. It's actually an electromagnetic field that you put your hand in and out of that changes the sounds. And it actually has um, a sound very similar to the human voice. And it's an amazing, amazing instrument that's very difficult to play. Yeah. And um, I think it, it was invented in the 50s, right? Yes. 
And, um, you know, I wish more people played it. It has such a cool sound. It's such a cool yeah. instrument. But um, it hasn't really caught on. Okay. But this is a, a love poem. To then, okay, yeah. Called Theremin. Theremin. Like, you know, the other one was called Piano. You are my theremin. I have to play you without touching. Your voice almost human sounding. Sensing, then singing. Electronic, we never get to touch. Except in the music. We art together in the avant-garde. Hardly anyone is listening. No one is dancing. It looks like magic to play without touching you, my theremin. Hands in the air, I have to admit. Sometimes I just want to hold you like an old-fashioned instrument. You want to hold. You wanted to. You want to hold it like a cello, right? You wanted to. And you want to. That's the thing. Right? Yeah, like any. You know, most like, instruments we hold. Like hold. sometimes you just want to hold it. Um. And you even embrace the piano when you play piano. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That's a great poem. I mean, here's another, here's another longing one that I think sounds good after it. Okay. Okay. I want, I want to walk in the snow with you, the fat snowflakes slapping our faces. I want to feel the world with you hand in hand and have you in my arms, sleep next to you. I want to tell you all the things I think about and listen, hear you here I want to watch the scene, the sea, the graffiti, birds and flowers, the way branches twist and point, the lace of the waves. I want to draw you naked, the way you hunch over a little your muscular body. You always have something to do. You always have plans, always at the helm. You navigate through every kind of water. I do my best to hold on. I do my best to hold on. I do my best to hold on. Plans. Yeah, you know, being in love with someone who's always super busy and always doing something and you, you actually never get their attention or always just getting like squeezed in while they're doing other things. Um, you write poems about people's actual lives. You write poems about things that happen in the world. Um. Right? Actual experiences, and that's a, you know, that's, yeah. Here, here's a love poem about, like, my first sexual feelings. Okay. All right. Do you remember what a Viewmaster is? Um, it's it was a toy from the 1970s. Yeah. And it's, like, a red right. stereoscope-type thing, and it, it would have these reels that you would put in it. Right. Yeah. And then click and the pictures would shift and, you know, you get stories and That's stuff. Very 70s. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my favorite toy. Huh. And here's a poem 
Uh, like I actually fell in love with Pinocchio in my Viewmaster. Huh. The poem is called Viewmaster. Pinocchio, naked, bare, blonde, wooden boy body, long, capable of elongating nose. It was a reel from a set of classic stories. One cell depicted Geppetto beaming upon his newly erected creation. How it thrilled me to stare through the keyhole effect of this most miniature theater peek at a nude boy. Pulse, applause in my ears. I was caught by this picture. I could not name the curious way it held me. My red viewmaster thrust into me that first image to milk from blood what longing knows my heart to pine. Jane, that makes a really good companion to lifeguard, doesn't it? A little bit. Oh yeah, it's true. It's almost like a twin, twin. It's like a younger version, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it's true. It's I have true. to confess, I never came across that device at all. I never saw one really. Of you, Master? Was I deprived? There's so many things that people, I just don't never, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because you're you're a little older than me. It might have come out after you were a kid. It was like a kid toy. Oh, okay. But it was a 70s object. So I, I think you would like oh, it. Oh, I do love it. You know, I was born in 1967, so the very first piece of music I may have heard was Sgt. Pepper. Really? Yeah, I think because of when because of 67 and that album and the you know, think right. Do you, were your parents um music collectors? Were they listening to lots of music? Uh my dad collected music. Mm -hmm. And my dad had some really, really good music. Um I heard my first Miles Davis that same year. So I heard Miles Davis, I heard Beatles, and what else? Um a lot of theater on records right so death of a salesman with the original cast you know thomas mitchell yes 1949 and get this lawrence olivier's hamlet those are the two two theater records i've listened to and the some theater, other yeah the ones i had in my house were jesus christ superstar that, yes that too yes that was a the brown yeah. album yep the brown album ted neely was telling me about that how he, they always referred to that as the brown that's ground record. Yeah, <laughs> I could see why. <laughs> yeah, and so it's uh, you know, music. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper, Miles Davis, and yeah. cool. Um, thing, I really, I really feel it's um, it's an honor, honor, and honor and generosity. The two words that come to mind. You, Thank you, especially on this day, and also the fact that you came here with these poems. It's just um, Valentine's I, love. I just, yeah, I just sort of feel like you know, po you know, as I said, things in people's lives, right? Yes. I, I sort of feel like like every single poem in the past thirty minutes that you performed or you created. Um. 
is putting into words what people live, what people are and what people live. I, I just, you know, I have to, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's some, there's so many things people write that maybe don't, you know, don't really directly, I don't know. Well, thank you. Directly relate to, to actual life. Um, there's a Susan Sontag phrase in her guest interpretation where she says, um, this world is if there were any other. Right. <laughs> Exclamation point. And I really heartily have sympathy with that. Well, well of course, that essay, because I talk about it a lot, but also that phrase. This yes. world, she's saying that this world is what it is, you know, is the thing. You know, yeah, I always think thing. about that with how hard it is to adjust to change. And that's all there ever is. Like, why is it hard for us? Everything is always I mean, changing. It's always been changing. Why? It's why this, it the weird thing is that we're not used to change. Well, it's kind of funny, isn't it? It is very comic, right? That we yes. as humans, that the only thing that's real. There you go, Jane. The only thing that's real is the thing we don't like and have trouble with, right? Isn't change the right. only real thing? So that's kind of really funny if you think about it. It is. What does that say about us? It's like we're not, like we're, we're kind of, kind of, right? We, we, are, we are not accepting reality. Yeah. We just are not. All right, here's a love poem. Yes. X. You know, X stands for kiss. XOX. You know, Jane, I always, I always thought it stood, stood for our generation, but go ahead. I thought. It does. It does that. Too. It does that. Too. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You know, it means a lot of things. Each thing yeah. does. It's so exciting, yeah. right? All right. We would kiss until our faces were raw, until it hurt, stung, numbed, our faces red from kissing, our lips tenderized as succulent meat hammered by the grid of metal points on a kitchen hammer. Our hearts beating so fast it felt like we were birds. The whole world dissolved into the kissing. Our teeth were castles in our mouths dissolving like candy. Our tongues valentines and Chinese New Year and Fourth of July. Our palates diving boards in scary dreams off cliffs into rivers concealed with fog. Our throats passages to other dimensions, our tonsils, curtains, opening upon grand theater stages. The insides of our cheeks were slip and slides in yards of childhood. It was psychedelic, hallucinogenic. It defied time. It was supernatural, extraterrestrial. It is still happening. Those kisses, they are eternal. We were drinking each other, eating each other, loving each other, worshiping each other, igniting each other, extinguishing each other. It was so wet, delicious, sexy, fun, irreverent, holy. It is famous in my life. It is a lighthouse that warns all the other ships that there are edges. There are rocks. It is dangerous, but you have no choice when you find yourself in that wild water. Steer with your heart. Be guided by the light erected in honor. You can never drop anchor and stay in one place, but there is the map and the memory, the blood, the wounds, the scars, the story of that eternal kiss. 
shaping your face, the way the weather shapes the cliffs of the sea, so harsh, so beautiful, so grand. We are humbled, we are awed, we are staring into the face of change, formed, transformed, born and buried by love. Thank you, Jane. Lovers always think they're so special. They, they always think that they're the mm -hmm. only lovers that ever lived. I mean, that's the beauty of love. It I really mean, makes us ever. feel like we're special. Like our love is so special. Mm -hmm. But all the lovers feel that way. I mean, Rumi and Hafiz and I mean, like, you know, all the poets, Byron, it's like mm -hmm. they're all... I mean, that's what loved. It's 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 an insanity. It actually makes us think that we're special and what we have with the other person is special. Uh-huh. And then um Yeah, but Jane, what if they're right? Maybe they're right. They are right for that moment. Cause yeah. it's like it's like Rodkey says in The Waking, we think by feeling. What mm -hmm. is there to know? Yeah. We try to apply logic to our lives and use logic. But it's like we're emotional creatures and we're applying logic to our emotions, trying to like prove yeah. our emotions and like emotions aren't for proving. That's that's like that's not what it's about. Isn't logic kind of boring, though? In some no, sense? logic is logic yeah. is not boring. I mean, it's it's fascinating. And I think we we logic is understandable and we wish things were more logical because it's like it's so tight and a beautiful package and, and so perfect. And we believe in logic. We just, we think logic is, is mm -hmm. justified. That's how we justify things using logic. It's like the tool that we cling to, to make sense because we want things to make sense. Pe people are pattern seeking creatures yeah, needing yeah. meaning. We want to make sense. We want to make things meaningful. Yeah. But we can make meaning without making sense. And we are often failing at making sense. But we want to make sense so bad. And we yeah. want to think we're special. And we are. You know, when the lovers really feel like they're the only love that ever was, that is just so beautiful. And I hope everyone listening to this gets to experience that in their lives. That, feel, that deep love of really feeling like, no one ever felt love like this before. That's that that passion. God. But then that's what's sad about getting older is you realize like you feel that more than once. And mm. that things change and dissipate and mm -hmm. the person you love doesn't actually love you. They loved their image of you. Mm -hmm. And then as they really got to know you, they didn't actually love you. And that's oh. like total heartbreak right so this is really just about that right it's called manhattan bridge manhattan bridge or ridge manhattan bridge yeah. and it's about the manhattan bridge right well it's about love but you know mm -hmm. the bridge is in it we both got around the city him on his fancy custom track bike me on my cheap factory girls bike him rich, ashamed of his privilege and wealth. Me poor, wearing my common struggle like a badge. Both costumes, so typical, tawdry. 
our vehicles chained to the walkway fence of the Manhattan Bridge, our hearts chained too. My heart is not factory made or cheap. His heart had breaks and breaks. The metaphor only goes so far. But we went so far to where no one was imagining. Stole up the suspension cables in the dark of night. We climbed up inside the bridge, the precarious ladder stapled up along the innards of the towers. Lovers always feel so original. Hmm. Though that ladder was built there, proof it had all been imagined before. Yep. 336 feet in the air, hmm. we emerged over the city hmm. in a heap of fist-sized bolts and safety yellow power tools. Bridge maintenance means constant repair. Soaring above the city's main river artery, perched above all the refuse and light. We told one another we thought the other so beautiful. We kissed a kiss mm. so hard we became one love being that exists still despite the fact we do not. We climbed back down, unlocked our bikes for hot chocolate in Chinatown. Went back to Brooklyn to sleep together, a knotted nest. Our glory of togetherness lasted about 336 days. This is what we have left. That's Manhattan Bridge. Yep. Is that in the, gonna be in the new book or? That's all of the, all of the books, all the poems I read today are in Spellbook of Ordinary Mistakes. They are all poems from the book, from Pink Trees Press. And you should definitely get it. Every man, woman, and child should get this book. Well, maybe not children, because it's oh, like not appropriate oh, for children. Good. Okay. Well, every, every, every adult human. But man and woman. Man and woman, or, and other types of adults. Although, I don't know. It's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... You know, I think it's, I'm really proud of it. I think it came out really good. I'm proud of what I'm hearing. It's it's just. Um... All right. Here's another good love poem. I mean, you know, like it's my poem. -ish. But yeah. here's another way of love works, of how love works. Okay. Even. Even if you talk to me like I'm an idiot and you're short tempered because my grand oh. statements abrade you today. Sorry, I'm starting. I, I just, I just, just, it's no, I mean, the that's the kind of I love emotional responses to my work, and they oh, are funny. I mean, <laughs> please, repeat. isn't that true? I mean, here you're so in love with someone, and they talk to you like they think you're an idiot, and this is like the whole thing like they're oh. they're you're so in love with someone, and they, they're treating you shitty, but you don't care. You okay, love them so much. Go back. Yeah. I mean, I go back for more. You know, it's like it oh. doesn't. It does not make sense. Love does not make sense. Stop trying to look for it sense. to make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like real passion, it's an insanity. Love is an insanity. You are mad. It's a madness, and it's totally wonderful. I love altered states. People are always bragging about being like sober or morning people, you know, virtue signaling with those kind mm -hmm. of like, I, you know, I'm a night owl that smokes lots of pot, loves alcohol. I love what being drunk yeah. teaches me. Uh -huh. I have no, 
I, it's like sad that I can't, like, I get sad, like, I can't brag about, like, I've been drinking my whole life without any problems. I mean, maybe some people would think I have problems, but yeah. I'm having a great time. And I really, I really value what substances, how they alter my state and what they show me about myself and the world. Yeah. And love is just like that. It's a substance that alters your state. It makes you, it changes your confidence. It changes your it opens you or closes you. I mean, sometimes love can shut you down. Sometimes it opens you up. So many things I didn't like, I began to like because someone I really loved liked it. And it broke something uh -huh. open in me and made me like that thing, you know? Yeah. I admit, I did not like jazz music when I was a teenager. I did not like it. And when I was in college, I dated a jazz musician. Uh -huh. And he made me... Um, understand jazz and hear jazz and gave me this jazz education yep. and it became my favorite type of music mm. or one of the favorites i can't say i have a favorite but right. so thank thank you for that and you're saying that was another person that it was the yes a trombone player trombone. from the jazz school at the new school uh-huh and he had a cute little cherry on his mouth and oh my god i just love kissing up that man he was great yeah Okay, but this is about another love. Love for the trombone, no. This is not the tr trombonist. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that I've fallen in love multiple times. Oh my God, but each heartbreak, ugh, it's it lives in me so sharp. This is from the greatest heartbreak. But I mean, this is really how love works, even. Even, that's right. Even if you talk to me like I'm an idiot and you're short-tempered because my grand statements abrade you today, even if you give me a hard time because you heard this story already, even if you are annoyed by my talk of current events because you read the paper cover to cover yourself anyway, even if you belittle my interpretation and we just don't agree, but you claim it's because I don't understand and you accuse I simplify everything, even if you're in a bad mood because you're hungry, I'm hungry too, and we both drank too much on empty. Even if we are impossible and wrong, hedonist, atheist, selfish, and magical. Even if you make me cry because I'm sensitive and female and full of whiskey and wild. Even if we compete because it's our nature. Even if you're falling apart and have no insurance. Even if we're in pain and you doubt me. Even if you cane my feet and make me wince. Even if you get black tufts of hair growing on your body that shoot out of the holes in your shirt, I still love you. Even if we can't control ourselves, even if we can't control, even if we can't control love, I still, still love you. You love, you don't choose love, can't control love, still, still you, even if, even though. Yeah. You can't control it. No. Even if they're even if they're super mean to you. Okay, here's one. That's a um Let me sit with that for a couple minutes before you go um Sure. Um Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead, go ahead now. The best pickup line I ever heard. <laughs> 
I was young and beautiful, jerked around by Subway's massive rhythm, most handsome boy watching me from across the car. Bookish, glasses, lean, sharp features, strong jaw, humble clothes, simple but unique in presentation. His eyes ate me up, black pupils kissing me all over. He drew me in his mind. I was convinced I was there. Finally, after much fidgeting, I returned his gaze, powerfully rejecting common subway etiquette. I stared back, let my eyes rest on him. We came to his stop. Door opened with its melody, breaking our trance. Before he slipped out, he came to me, seated opposite his exit. Quickly, he leaned in, extended his hand, giving me a piece of candy. You just look so sweet. Have a piece of candy. I work at Union Square, Barnes & Noble. He darted through the doors. I was swallowed. Peristalsis. Subway moves through the bowels of the city. Enveloped by the tunnel of love, I accept its darkness. For a week, I thought of him, unable to distract myself from his tiny bit of sugar, his thrust toward me before the doors shut him from his destination. How he managed to lure me to the enormous bookstore, hungrily combing the floors, the aisles. Determined to find him, I must have emoted a plea. Another employee asked, Can I help you find what you're looking for? Yes. Not a book. A person who works here. Oh, he replied, exasperated. Mm -hmm. Did he give you a piece of candy? Ah, yes. He works in fantasy. We'll be here at two. Madly impressed. I left. Now only kind of looking for him. Oh, wow. True story. Story. Even the fantasy part. Sure. Isn't that funny? That it is. Life is poetry. Yep. Well, Jane, thank you. You're welcome. Do you want one more poem? Um, what time are we at? Well, I don't really have, I mean, we don't really have time. It's 345. Do you have to be somewhere soon or do you? Um, I could read one more poem. How about two more? Okay. Two more and that'll be, and they'll say, say goodbye for now. Do you have a, uh, a request of one I didn't read? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, maybe lifeguard, but is lifeguard in your, in your, um... it's not in my book. Oh, okay. So maybe no. we, should, we shouldn't read it. I don't know. Um, um, they can hear lifeguard on the icebergs, icebergs record right. El Dorado. That's right. my band. I should have mentioned my bands. Yeah. Right. I have two bands to peddle my poetry, right. the icebergs. Um, we actually haven't played together for a while because, mm-hmm. My drummer had to move to Maine and my cellist has small children now. So we're taking a little hiatus, but we have two amazing records that are streaming everywhere. The Icebergs, the band has the in front of it. Um, And it's El Dorado is our first record. 
one word um, named after the Edgar Allan Poe poem, which is featured on the record. I do a lot of um, poetry by poems. famous poets that I that I sing and collaborate with. Yeah. And then um, advice, A-D-D-V-I-C-E. Mm. I'm so clever, right? Advice is our is the other record of the icebergs. Yeah. And then I have this band, Ohm Slice, that's an improvisational band. We make spontaneous music with Bradford Reed, who invented the Pennsylvania, and also make, has this modular synth he made that, mm -hmm. that um, is featured in our band, Ohm Slice, O-H-M. Right. Ohm Slice, yeah. one word. And our record is Conduit. Yeah. Ohm Slice, Conduit, The Icebergs, El Dorado, and Advice. Yep. Tune in right now go put it on your spotify yeah, right. or whatever yeah. um oh yeah so i was gonna read another poem which poem was i gonna um oh here's a sexy one i dreamt you were master i dreamt you were master baiting the moon the milky way shot from you to swallow these stars is to glow with your light this infinite joy be coming night. I look at clear skies during dark spilling stars in slow motion, I am yours. Though light years we may be apart, our love is art. The sky is stained with our heart. Like the face of Christ on the shroud of Turin, the stories are gorgeous beyond religion. Greeks believed night's face was milk from a breast. I put white drops upon your lips. I kissed and kissed still. Your image impressed my eye, telescope fulfilled. That's Jane LaCroix. There you have it. Thank you. You're welcome. The spell book of mistakes, right? The spell of ordinary, ordinary mistakes. Ordinary mistakes. From Pink Trees Press, Spell Book of Ordinary Mistakes. Are you wearing your sister's um, lingerie? Are you? Is that your sister? Yeah, I, I am wearing some of my sister's okay. lingerie, but you can't see it. Of course. Well, I was, yeah. I am the resident poet at Love Letter, That's which right. is a lingerie shop that my sister invented. owns in Cold Spring. Yeah, she invented it. And it's it's really cute. And it's a great day trip from New York City or any Cold Spring is a really beautiful little town. So right, you know, it's in the Hudson Valley, right on the Hudson River. And I'm um, actually on Friday. You're gonna I, be um writing poems there on a typewriter that i'm red typewriter. a red yeah. type I'll, I'll i have it right here yeah. my my darling well, and husband is working on fixing it because it's a piece of garbage that we I, bought. I, thought, I thought your fishnets were came from your sister but i guess i guess not you thought what the fishnets you were wearing was from your sister sister's uh sister's shop but oh look at that look at that typewriter yeah isn't that great i'm, I'm seeing if you can can you see it? Is I absolutely can see it. Yeah, so it doesn't actually work. 
didn't William, have this stuff. Didn't William Burroughs? And, We're working on it. See, when I was like 12 years old or 11 years old, as you know, I had a very unconventional dad. Yes. And he would take me to see William Burroughs and John Giono before. God, you're so lucky. That's amazing. Get this. I would actually go see Sam Shepard in Cowboy Mouth as a six-year-old. or seven. That's a, just like, like a, you know, I had a very unusual childhood. Maybe that's why, that's probably why I ended up, you know, maybe, you know, that's like, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know why that typewriter made me think. Oh, because Burroughs used to use a typewriter because of Burroughs typewriters, right? The the yes. And, yeah. and they had that cut up method of cut up, yeah. where they would take the typed pages. Yep. Well, thank you for. Um, Since we're talking about the 70s. Yep, always. And we have like the typewriter there. Yeah. I'm going to do another 70s thing. Okay. And um, we can say goodbye outside, yeah. and I'll give you a glimpse of um something else I'm really in love with. New York Hudson River. Hudson River. God, I love the Hudson. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. There it is. Yeah. There it is. In the corner. Here I am on the Hudson River. Hudson River. Thank you. Well, I hope it came out good. It de definitely did that. Our podcast. Yes. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. And yep. I really appreciate you talking about my new book from Prank Trees Press and being with you on Valentine's Day, the yep. day of love. It's a day. That's right. Every day is a day of love. <laughs> That's right. Love hurts. Yeah. It's amazing. And wonderful. And I hope you fall in love. Thank you, Jen. Bye-bye. All right, Mitch. Thank you. See you later. <laughs>